This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Every Monday, I give one of you, Top Tribe, a hundred bucks to invest in your idea to get it to the top. To enter for your chance to win, simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now, and then text the word Nathan to 33444. Good morning, Top Tribe. You are listening to episode 278 of The Top. And coming up tomorrow morning on episode 279, bright and early, you're going to break down, okay, a video production company. Folks, I had no idea that a video production company could make this much money. Top Tribe, good morning. Good morning. I'm smiling this morning because I am holding a very warm coffee that is keeping me going. This episode is going to keep you going because we've got Peter Himmler joining us today with Flatiron Communications. Now, he founded Flatiron in 2015 after leading the media relations teams at Edelman, Burson, Marsteller, Conan Wolf, and Hillen Knowlton. His New York City-based PR and digital media firm helps emerging and established companies better capitalize on the latest communication technologies and digital social and content marketing strategies. Peter, are you ready to take us to the top? Hi, Nathan. Yes. Let's do this. So, okay, first things first, what what prompts a guy like you to get out of what I imagine was a very cushy PR job at Edelman and start your own thing? You know, it's a it's a it's a interesting story, but uh, you know, uh, there are a lot of factors that that contributed to that. One of which was one of my clients at Burson Marcello was the New York Times, and uh, they were launching something very significant in their uh, in their realm. Um, it was their first paywall, and they wanted to work with me, and they wanted to work with me by myself, and. So I was able to, uh, uh, you know, start my company. Uh, and by the way, it was in 2005, uh-huh. 10 years ago, and um, and uh, had the New York Times as one of my first clients. Isn't that like the biggest fear of like, you know, the Ogilvy and the Edelman's of the world? They always are wondering like, crap, are, do we have someone so talented that the client's just going to pick them off? It happens a lot. There's a lot of, um, you know, and it's funny, you work at a big agency, you see a lot of um, migration from Turnover. the agencies to the client side. And the client side jobs are actually harder to come by than the agencies, the agencies, agency jobs. Mm-hmm. So if I was launching an agency from scratch today and wanted to go big very fast and I wanted to prevent that exact thing, what what's the number one thing that, an you know, an o, the Ogilvy CEO could be doing to make sure he retains his talent? You know, I think that there's a lot of great things about the big agencies. I mean, the fact that the big agencies, unlike the small agencies, have really embraced some of the new digital strategies. So they're doing they have whole departments now with some of the larger agencies that do content marketing where they're creating content for their clients and uh, syndicating it. And they're and they're doing paid stuff. So in our realm, public relations has always been, quote unquote, earned media, meaning that we had to pitch journalists and try to get them to do stories. And now you can't rely solely on the benevolence of a journalist to drive your marketing campaign. You need paid strategies, you need owned and earned and hybrids therein and, and that kind of thing. So the big agencies have have that capacity to offer those broader services and to embrace some of the paid um, opportunities that exist out there. And this is sponsored content and native advertising, that kind of thing. That's that's impressive. So um, I want to understand that first before going more into the New York Times paywall aspect. Here's why I'm asking. Um, Content. First off, you do a lot of content marketing yourself, right? So you're right. 
Right. We, we are asked to create stories for our clients and either get outlets to run them freely or to think about working with those outlets, um, native advertising or sponsored content um, groups to get that content, uh, you know, on their sites. And, 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 you know, it's all about digital footprint today. Yep. Okay, so let's talk about the New York Times paywall. So this is a very interesting space right now. I just want to pull up 10,000 feet for a second. Uh, This is happening a lot in podcasting and audio. You've got people like Glenn Beck, right, who are leaving mainstream media outlets, setting Mm -hmm. up their own content sites and then putting a paywall up, you know, nine bucks a month or 99 bucks for the year. New York Times, obviously, the big content guys were the first ones to do this because they had to because of digital. Right. Um, So what is your what is your how did it? Well, first off, what did you execute for the New York Times paywall and how to perform? So I had been working for the New York Times for many for a number of years when I was at Burson, and we did um, everything from the when the Times went from black and white to color the newspaper to the hundredth anniversary of the Ox Sulzberger family ownership of the paper to the launch of New York Today, which was their lo- was their local site. But keep in mind the first paywall that the Times introduced was called Times Select, and it was not successful. It came at a time when um, people were not ready to pay for content. This was, was two thousand five. So it was it was about no no it was later um yeah it was about 2005 that's exactly right and um and so what happened was um vivian schiller came in and and she felt that maybe we should monetize the the use you know use eyeballs and and drive advertising through increasing the number of viewers and so the idea of was she the ceo sorry who was she what's context she was um she was the head of digital at the new york times and she went on to become the ceo of npr and she's had a great career and she's very very sad she went to went on to twitter but um so it was premature that first paywall time select was premature and just for context peter for the audience guys what that that charging was 7.95 a month or 50 bucks for the year. You know, I don't remember. No, it was that uh, I had yeah. did some research. That was what it was. Good. Yeah. yeah. So um, it was premature. And then the big push at that time was to actually drive eyeballs and to monetize that through advertising. And then some years later, they found that the CPMs, the, the cost of the advertising, the amount of revenue that the advertising will bring in uh, digitally was much less. And they had to look at another revenue stream. And that's when they they, they fully embraced the paywall um, um, model. And uh, it's been a Huge success for the New York Times. Well, let me just go back on this for a second, because, again, the research that I did said that that Times Select program that was mm-hmm. launched in 05 mm-hmm. drew over 227,000 paying subscribers uh, out of 787,000 total subscribers, which generated about $10 million in revenue for the Times. Uh, but that you said that was not successful for them. For them they pulled it. They they um, they jettisoned. That, and it was that, because impressions dipped. It was because that they they uh, that there was a lot of reluctance, a lot of criticism, a lot of folks just didn't want to pay for content because there's so much content that was free on the internet. So um, ultimately, they they reintroduced the paywall, and 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 again, it's pay it's become very successful for them. Okay, so what do you yeah, learn from that? those numbers? By the way, I don't think. I don't I'm not sure if you're looking at the latest paywall or if you're looking at time. No, no, I'm talking about time select. This was an article published by Richard Perez Pena, September 18th, 2007 on the New York Times about New York Times data. So I'm pretty sure it's accurate. Yeah. But tell us what you learned. So it's I want to learn why it's successful now. What made it work? I think uh, I think that the Times is such a strong brand 
that people and, and people value it, and especially in a sea of content creators. Okay, so that's one of the things that I've written about. As you know, I've written for Forbes, and I've written for I have my blog, and I write for Medium, and I write a lot about the, uh, the how media has changed and how the PR industry has changed. And now any company, any individual, any company is a media company. And so the voices of true journalism, the New York Times and the Associated Press and the Washington Post and and uh, uh, you know news news hour you know PBS news hour they're fewer and further between which is not, not a good thing on the other hand for marketers the ability to create and syndicate content and to reach your audiences is is a very is a very good thing so i'm sort of sort of you know uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm sort of, I have mixed emotions about it. And have you studied Peter kind of like, like Glenn Beck in his model? Well, I, you know, he, he, his model and, and other models like the information or Pando daily, there are a lot of other, what we call digitally native, um, digitally native sites that are subscription. They're paid and they're, they're doing very well. Um, and there are other digitally native sites like Buzzfeed or Vox and some of the Vox media sites or, or curbed that have, um, looked at sponsored content as the big, um, revenue drivers. And, and in fact, every major news organization today from the New York times, even the AP are now looking at native, advertising. They're taking what looks like editorial and they're allowing companies and individual or, or, or brands to pay for that. In a, in, and they call it native because it looks native to the site. It looks like it's part of the editorial product. Now it's marked, but a lot of readers don't see the difference, you know? Yeah. Well, so here's a question for you. True or false? Pay, content paywalls uh, directly cannibalize effectiveness of native advertising. Um, say that again, Nathan. Uh, I just lost you. Yeah, no problem. True or false? Uh, content paywalls directly cannibalizes revenue from native advertising. I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I mean, I think that you can have both a, uh, a subscriber model and a sponsored content model and still, um, and, you know, so you let a little bit of the content out there um, and and. You know, so, you know, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think I don't think it's one way or the other. But if people have to pay for content, won't less people see it, which means you can you, you charge less because there's a you know, there's less pe thousands of people watching it or viewing it. Um, you know, a lot of these like the information, for example, Jessica Lesson site. It's a very insider. What's that, what's that website? The information. OK. It's a it's a paid subscriber email and site that Jessica Lesson started. She used to be at the Wall Street Journal and the quality of those subscribers, the quality of the audience. It's not a mass market. It's really for people that want an insider look at what's going on in Silicon Valley and in the tech space. So if you create the niche product like that. Um, you know, you'll find that advertisers and those that are trying to reach those audiences will will pay premium to reach them. Fascinating. What is the information charge? It looks like is it a dollar a day? No, it's a lot. I don't know. It's a it's, yeah. It may be a thousand dollars a year or something. I don't interesting. know. I, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, this that was fat. The reason I'm asking that is because you're seeing a lot of brands. Like I'll just use myself for example, selfishly and egotistically. You know, we're putting out content like you wouldn't believe. The podcast is getting well over a million downloads now. It's just it's unbelievable the growth. And people keep telling me who are business oriented, Nathan, you should you should think about content in terms of paywalls. Um, and I just don't know if that's possible yet for people that you know aren't big celebrities like the New York Times. 
You know, listen, I'm a big believer in building, in creating content to build your brand, to build your business, et cetera. You know, I think, uh, you know, I, I think it depends on how much people value what it is that you offer and, and how differentiated you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, you know, if, if will people pay for your content? You know, I, I, I get a lot of podcasts now, you know, and, and. They're, most of them are free, you know, I mean, it's on NPR and it's, it's, you know, various places. So I, I think podcasting is great. And I think that there will be, there probably are some podcasts that are premium podcasts that people subscribe to, but I think it takes a, a really special kind of content for that to happen. Yep. The other thing that I've written about, by the way, that's another major sort of development is this notion that, okay, so we try to get publicity for our clients. We we take out advertising, we do sponsored content, but there's now a trend where you actually find influencers, people that have large followings on Instagram, on Snapchat, and some of the social networks, and you actually hire them to create branded content. And what it is, is these folks have a built-in audience. And a lot of the brands, a lot of marketers are, and and by the way, there's a whole industry that's cropped up about matching brands with these quote-unquote influencers. Yeah, I mean, this is why a lot of people are predicting, you know, a company like CAA, you know, or UTA could potentially go public. They're going to be the brokers between these kinds of distribution channels and bigger clients. Right. Do you agree? Uh well, I, I, listen, there are specialized firms that do it. I, did, I, did, I, I imagine some of the big talent agencies are doing it, too. You know? So, yes, you're right. What CAA. are some of the specialized firms that, you know, that are doing it? Well, for example, there's a uh, the guy named um, uh, uh, Rob Fishman, uh, who used to be at Huffington Post, he's a social media writer. He started a company called Niche out of New York, N-I-C-H-E dot C-O. And um, basically, he matched brands with uh, those that have big influence, a lot of followers on Vine, on Twitter, on Instagram, and he built this business and then Twitter bought his company, he's 28 years old, for $20 million, okay? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, he was one of the pioneers in matching brands with social influencers. And and I think he's done very well, Um, of course. He got a lot of stock in Twitter and the stock in Twitter has been down, but um, time will tell. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so P- we focused a lot, Peter, kind of on because you're you're so you have a specialized knowledge that very few people have. And I wanted to focus on that, especially in terms of content and paywalls. But real quick for Flatiron Communications, is it just you or if not, how big's the team? I have four. I have a team of four and okay. I have a virtual agency. So I pay them on an hourly and I pay very well. And I what's, very, what's very well? You can't say 100 very- to 150 an hour. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, which is pretty good. But they're all seasoned. You know, there are people that, you know, I run the Publicity Club of New York, so I'm pretty networked in New York and in the PR <laughs> circles. And I've been in the business for a long time, you know. Yeah. And, um, and the fact is, is that, um, you know, I, there are a lot of very talented PR professionals that are untethered at the moment and available to me. And so when I bring on a new client, I look at the business, I look at who I have in my network that has those skill sets or experience in that industry, and I can retain them. Okay, so Peter, I want I'm looking at your clients on your website, AIG Private Client Group, New York Times, Unigo, and then you have some other start, new startups in here like Indiegogo, Sign Caps, yeah, all I'm these guys. Yeah, I'm working with all of those. I'm, I'm working with HSN right now, which okay. is 
home shopping. You yeah. know, I have AIG and I've got uh, a, a virtual reality company called Seek, C-E-E-K. That I'm about so to start. What, what, are, what would people pay? I mean, is it a retainer? Is it a one-time project I, I like retainers, although I'm pretty flexible, okay? okay? So I could work on an hourly, but I like retainers. And my retainers, unlike some of the bigger agencies, which 15, 20, 30,000 a month, you know, I go from 7,500 to 12,500 a month. Okay. My and two- and are people typically signing what, like six month contracts or what? Started six months, but these clients I've, been, have, I've had for years now, they've been very happy. We've constantly serviced them, constantly innovate and um, for them and, and also introduce them to some of the new tools that are available to communications uh, professionals. So I love that. Awesome. Well, Peter, we're about to get to my favorite part of the show. Before we do, if people want to connect to you personally online, where can they do that? Well, so I have my site is Flatiron Communications, like the Flatiron Building in New York. So that's one way. And then I'm pretty active on Twitter. Uh, uh, so it's Peter Himmler, Peter H-I-M-L-E-R, at Peter Himmler on Twitter. And that's sort of my most active social network. Though I'm on Instagram and I've been tooling around with Snapchat and <laughs> other places, you know. But but uh, Twitter is the, is the place where they might want to follow me. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can see... Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. Well, Top Tribe, there you have it. We will link to Peter's stuff in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top 278. Again, forward slash the top 278. All right, Peter, we're going to put you in the hot seat. Do you know what time it is? Uh, it's uh, 10.58 New York time. <laughs> so close. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? Yeah. These are rapid fire. Number one, Peter, what's your favorite business book? Oh, I've been reading this Nico Melli book, The End of Big. Just started reading it. Nico Melli, The End of Big. Okay, great. Number two, is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Oh, I love Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Yep. Okay, next question. Is there a favorite online tool you have, like Evernote? I like a tool called Tout App, which allows me to send emails without uh, personally and lets me know whether those emails have been opening. It's uh, have been opened. Do you use Gmail and Chrome? I use Chrome and Gmail. Yep. Awesome. So. Okay. Next question. Real quick, Peter, tell us about your situation. Are you married? Single? Do you have kids? I have three millennials. All oh, wow. In, all in finance. So oh, gosh. I live in New York City and they're all um, brilliant and wonderful and extraordinary young men. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And so here's my question to you as you're building your business and obviously you have a family as well. Are you getting eight hours of sleep every night or not? I absolutely am. And a tip to your readers, Headspace. What's Headspace? It's an application for um, meditation. Oh, for, very cool. Okay. And it's free and it's fabulous. And I do it every afternoon and it gives me a burst of fresh energy. I love that. Okay. And, and last question, Peter, uh, actually, before I do that, how old are you now? How old? Yeah. I'm about to hit a big number. I'm not telling oh, you. Oh, come on. You look like um, you look like a young guy with a ton of energy. What, what's no, the number? I'm about to hit 
Yeah, on April 16th, 60. Okay, awesome. So take us back, take us back 40 years. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew, Peter? How to be more assertive with my boss and not be exploited. <laughs> I work for a crazy guy. Uh, top drive, there you have it. Make sure that you are speaking up for yourself to maybe go out and do what Peter did and do your own thing. But you heard it from Peter first. He got in with the New York Times early, launched a paywall program, learned a bunch, helped them launch a successful paywall, now works with clients on retainers going from 7500 to $12,500 per month for six-month contracts, really inventing in some interesting spaces like VR. Peter, thank you for taking us to the top. Nathan, you're a good man. Have a great day, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm out. If you guys enjoyed Peter today, go back and listen to episode 277 with Khalid yesterday. He gave up a million-dollar consulting business for a billion-dollar software-as-a-service idea that he's building. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars, and I have something special for you today. How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money, HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.